Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Debbie Marketplace Podcast. Uh, I am not Kane Fassell. I am Shane P. Hallam. Kane is on vacation, well deserved um, for him and his <laughs> lovely wife. So I don't I don't know. I mean this this is four or five-ish. This year, I don't think he's going to listen to this show either, so I, we can say kind of what we want. Um, but Nelly is here with me. What's up, Nelly? How's it going, man? I'm doing great. You know, I've been a lifelong Purdue fan, so I had a great weekend personally. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, like, people are going to believe you when you say that, you know? <laughs> I'm okay with that for this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just crapping on Minnesota, which we've done before when Kane's not on the show. But I feel bad this week because it, it was oh, Purdue beat Minnesota. Time. I didn't even notice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. just just it's just how it goes sometimes. Um, but you know we're 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 here. I'm sure we'll bag on Kane and the Minnesota Golden Gophers some more at some point. Um, Ohio State hasn't lost yet, and we helped get Paul Chris fired at Wisconsin, so uh, I'm pretty happy at the very least. It's all good. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, Debbie disappointments. Players in the Debbie sphere that have disappointed so far this college season. And can they turn it around? How worried are we? Is this something that we should be concerned about? And should you, you know, panic sell if you have these players in Debbie? Or are they going to rectify it? Maybe they become a buy. Um, kind of what, what how, how the value change is affecting them and how you should kind of react. We're going to just go position by position, quarterback, running back, do a couple of receivers and, you know, go, go through. It could be from any class 23, 24, I guess 25. I don't know if we'll have, probably won't have any there, but uh, talk about some of these guys have disappointed what to do with them. Uh, some actionable advice. Of course, we'll always have our buy, sell, and unknown stocks. And I'll I'll give a quick history minute uh, that I'm actually teaching in class tomorrow. So it'll give me a little, little prep uh, prep for that refresher. We'll do that. So you want to kick us off, Nelly? You want to give us – let's start with quarterbacks. Um, who's a quarterback that's disappointed you so far, and, and how are you – how are you feeling about him? Yeah, so I think a quarterback, we both kind of had our guys before the season. Like I'm sure – I'm pretty confident I know who you're going to take as well. Um, and they both have, have disappointed a little bit. But one of my favorite quarterbacks before the season was Anthony Richardson. Started out strong, upset over Utah. Since then, he has shown his rawness. Um, he's far from a finished product as a passer. And after all the hype after week one where people were talking about him being a top 10 pick, like there was just so much hype. Um, he's certainly come down to earth there. Um, he's, he's struggled 
against the solid teams. Um, I think he finally threw a touchdown pass for the first time a couple weeks ago. It took him a little while to get there. Um, so he's shown that he is a work in progress. So how how are you kind of feeling about Richardson? Uh, like I, I'm kind of with you in I, I was hoping for good things. You know, I, I maybe wasn't quite as as hyped on him as you were, but I, I had him pretty high. Like I thought the talent was there and he's that first game against Utah, like you said, I thought, okay, here we go. We're at least gonna have this athletic, you know, player. Um but I, yeah, I, I just I, I I can't see him declaring this year. I think it's gonna be really tough for him to turn it around this season and become the WSF for the twenty twenty three class. Do you think there's a possibility of turnaround longer term? Oh, absolutely. And I th- I think listeners here will hopefully remember that I, I've I feel like I've always said that I think he's a 2024 prospect when it's all said and done, like the NFL values experience and he needs experience. Like he's, he's so raw. Um, so like in terms of like my worry level, like I wouldn't say I'm that much more worried than I was before the season. Like I was high on him, but he was still like outside my top 24 in terms of Debbie rankings, because there's so much risk there. So much has to go right, but the ceiling is, is there and it's still there, right? Like those tools didn't go anywhere. And, and the NFL is, is still going to like those tools. It would just be nice for him to develop those tools a little bit in college. And I guess another level of worry or another level of concern that's come into play is I'm not sure that, Florida is going to be the best place for him to develop those tools. Like I'm not sure the Billy Napier offense is going to help develop him into an NFL ready quarterback. Really for me, a big worry to piggyback off that is the weapons. I just don't see the weapons getting better this year, next year in the future at receiver uh, at, at tight end. Like I just don't know if that's going to emerge or happen. And I think he needs players to feel comfortable and get into a rhythm. Um, I do kind of feel like Anthony Richardson is a buy though, because the upside's big. If people have fallen down on him, they drafted him high in Debbie last year. I think you can go and, you know, if it's a contending team, I think you can give uh, a Geno Smith, you know, you, you can give a quarterback that's, you know, one to two year kind of, um, journeyman that might help them. Maybe they lost the Trey Lance. Maybe they lost Dak Prescott. Maybe they have some bad play from their quarterbacks. I think you could make that swap, and it's worth investing. Maybe maybe bottoms out, but I do think there's a floor, like you said, with the talent level and the skill set that um, when Anthony Richardson goes to the NFL, like he's going to get drafted. Some team's going to try to mold him, even if he plays like this for most of his career. Yeah, definitely. Like. Like I said, those tools aren't going anywhere, and those tools are so fantasy friendly. Like, it's just I, I agree with you. I think he's he's a buy at current value. Yeah. So my my W disappointment is Tyler Van Dyke, the quarterback from Miami. Nelly knew I was going to pick him. You know, had him as the number three quarterback in this class going into the season, uh, and just you know has had some moments early in the year where I thought, okay, he he's still showing that downfield passing. Lost Xavier Restrepo, his his roommate, number one receiver, 
lost Will Mallory, top tight end NFL prospect to tight end. Uh, and the, the receivers outside of that have been pretty miserable, as has Van Dyke himself. Like, I can't excuse his play. He's missed some easy passes. He got benched against Middle Tennessee and um, has not lost the job. Apparently, they're going to stick with him. He is going to be the, the quarterback moving forward, which is good. Um, but it, it is problematic. I have some major fear with Tyler Van Dyke. I have a number of Debbie shares. Um, at this point, I don't think I can sell them. But um, I'm certainly not buying him. I think my hope might be that he transfers, ends up somewhere, um, ends up out of Kentucky, ends up at somewhere that can develop quarterbacks and maybe show that a little bit more. I mean, Mario Cristobal has done it in the past, but this is not his guy. You know, this isn't someone that he recruited. Um, so uh, my red alert is alarm. I'm very alarmed. And I just don't see it getting better. The weapons, same thing with Anthony Richardson. Their weapons aren't getting better in Miami. They're only getting worse because everyone keeps getting hurt. And that offense is going to be run heavy now. And I'm not sure they, they're going to put a leash and a strain on him. That's probably not great. So I don't, I'm worried about it. I'm not buying or selling. I'm, I'm going to hold and run my stock into the ground that I have if, if that's what it takes. Yeah, it's actually funny. It's a lot of the same situational variables working against him that we have with Anthony, Anthony Richardson. Like his weapons are terrible. Like they've been awful all last year, all this year. Last year he had some of the older guys that helped him out. Charleston Rambo uh, was his favorite target by by far, um, and they're all gone and they haven't replaced him with anything. And that I mean, the coaching staff in Miami, Mario Cristobal, Josh Gaddis. I mean, they're like QB killers. Like their their track records at at Oregon and Miami respectively. Like Mario Cristobal made. Justin Herbert seem not that great. Like I feel like that's pretty hard to do. Um, so I mean, situationally, and it's not going to get better, like you said. So that's that's so concerning. I feel bad for him, honestly. Like he was putting up efficiency numbers last year uh, on par with CJ Stroud and and Bryce Young. Um, so I, he flashed potential there. Um, but it's just everything has gone wrong this year. And I mean, I've watched him a little bit, and it's like. like it's it's he's like he's lost as a quarterback now too like he's he's certainly regressed and i don't know i don't think it's going to turn around in miami and and maybe in today's day and age he can transfer and and regain stock elsewhere but like the worry level is very high for him yeah and we're we're seeing at smu some players are just sitting sitting out the year so they could transfer and not cost themselves a year Tyler Van Dyke's obviously not going to do that, but I, I sometimes I wonder if we're going to start see a major player like that who's like not getting what they need out of this. Uh, I I want to transfer next year. I want to preserve uh, a year. Like it's going to happen at some point. Maybe not this year, but like we're going to have one of these Debbie assets. Just I'm out. I'm transferring after this year. See you guys then. Um, be interesting. So how about how about running back? Who's a running? I think running back's a tough. It's been a tough one for me of like who's kind of disappointed. I think a lot of things have gone chalk, um, which is surprising at running back. Usually there, there's some guys emerging, but who's uh, who's a Debbie disappointment for you? Yeah, so I guess among the bigger names, um, the biggest disappointment for me has been Braylon Allen, um, who I, I did mention a few weeks ago uh, in terms of he broke a long run a few weeks ago. He looked good against some bad teams, but his athleticism, like his, his max speed was pretty low. Um, 
And considering he's like, uh, he's supposed to be this big athletic freak that all his damage has been done on the ground. Like that was a little bit worrying. Now, since then, Wisconsin's just kind of gone downhill. Now he had a strong game against Ohio state. A lot of it was in garbage time, but this past week he had, he didn't hit 10 yards. Um, And they really struggled against Illinois. Who's like, I mean, they're a big 10 team, but they're no powerhouse. Right. And, and the coach got fired, as you mentioned, that offense just seems down and it's not so much I'm down on him as like the other guys around him in the class have ascended. Whereas he has, has not, he's kind of plateaued. Um, and so like a guy like Raheem Sanders has certainly over has certainly passed him over. Um, a guy like Will Shipley, I would say, is at least on the same level as Braylon Allen for me. Um, whereas before he was seen as closer to Travion Henderson than he was to to the guys that I mentioned. He he's an interesting case, especially this past week where you know, Wisconsin just got absolutely, you know, dominated by Illinois and Braylon Allen's, you know, eight rushes for two yards, like you said, like is uncharacteristic, is just out there. Um, I, I, I almost feel like I would inquire, like now is the time to make a play for him because even if he's fallen behind Raheem Sanders, even if he's fallen behind Will Shipley and they get drafted over him, like like we've seen with JT, like we even saw with Melvin Gordon. Um, you know, not to lump all Wisconsin running backs together, but I think that that kind of old school system doesn't lend itself to the NFL feeling like you're the guy, right? And he could get drafted into round two of the NFL draft and still end up a, a, a huge dynasty asset and a top 10 fantasy running back. Like, I think that could happen for Braylon Allen. Um, so now's probably the time, I think, to buy while the team is just absolutely down in the dumps and they're not, the offensive line stinks and he's still, he's still always going to be six to two or whatever. And even if he's not, like you said, some of the, the miles per hour stuff for him on the long runs haven't been great. I think, um, I, I still think he's going to be faster. I, th- I think when we look at like adjusted speed score and those kind of putting the weight into it, I still think he's going to be one of the better athletes at the position. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm with, I like, I don't think he's a dead asset by any mean. I, I agree. I think he's, he's probably a buy if public perception can, can, if it continues to dip a little bit, but I guess another slight concern, right. Is he just, his skill set isn't super fantasy friendly. Like the NFL is kind of going away from, from major workhorses. Um, I mean, you see Derrick Henry's like, I guess that's what like the ceiling comp is, right? A Derrick Henry who's getting a ton of work on the ground. But ideally, you would see a little bit more receiving growth this year from him. And that just hasn't really been the case. So it's just, it, it does really need to go right for his skill set. Would you, so what, what would you do with him right now? Would you sell him if you have him? Would, um, would, you, would you trade him for Raheem Sanders straight up? Yeah, I'd take Raheem Sanders straight up over him right now. Would you take um, Shipley? I'm not as sold on Shipley. Um, I think I'd probably take Allen. I think Allen's value will rebound a little bit more. Uh, but I would say they're probably like the same tier right now. Okay, I, I was just interested to see because I think that's – maybe that is a play to trade him for Raheem Sanders, I think, on paper – 
that could look really tempting. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I love Raheem Sanders. I think, I mean, he's literally everything I look for in, in a, in a Debbie running back. So my, my disappointment, it was tough. It was tough to pick one. Uh, I almost kind of went with, with one of your guys and Donovan Edwards, but I don't think he's played bad. I think Blake Corms just really emerged there, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go Kendall Milton, the running back for Georgia. Well, you know, we had Samir White, James Cook, they're all gone. Um, and it's kind of supposed to be Kendall Milton's backfield, at least running the football. Uh, you know, we, we, we've talked up Kenny McIntosh on the show, who's as a pass, as the pass catching back. And now is getting more play running the football. He had double digit rushes. It's looking pretty good. But even like Dejon Edwards is basically splitting carries 50 50 with Kendall Milton. And that's how Georgia goes. You know, we've seen that time and time again. But I, I don't think Kendall Milton's particularly played really well against decent defenses. Um, you know, I think his yards per carry is almost six yards. But really propped up against Samford and Missouri. Um, he hasn't had a hundred yard game. He's not catching the football. I I still think at 6'1", 220, he looks like an NFL running back. He runs hard like an NFL running back. Um, but just the, the production's not there to match up. And so it, it almost uh, – it's tough for me because I think Georgia running back, NFL's going to like it. They're going to like him enough, even if he doesn't have the full production. Uh, but at the same time – uh, yeah, I feel like they're going to like Kenny McIntosh more or what happens, Kenny Milton stays for a year and now you have Andrew Paul back and Branson Robinson. You still have Dejan Edwards there. Um, you know, I, I just wonder if it's going to be another Zemir White situation. Obviously, Zemir White had the medical issues and the injuries and all that of, yeah, maybe Kendall Milton gets round three draft capital when a lot of people were talking him up as a potential first rounder top 50 pick. And he goes a little bit later, maybe he goes to a bad situation. He just lost a guy that was a first round Debbie pick for a while there. Um, so, so I'm disappointed. I, I, I lean towards maybe buying him or at least, tr- you know, inquiring, trying to get a price. Is he cheaper? I, I just don't know that people that have him are going to sell him much cheaper than they paid for him. And I, I wouldn't pay it at, what his old cost was. Um, so, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit torn, but he's definitely disappointed when I thought maybe we could get a smash, you know, 15 carries a game, 20 carries a game guy that's getting a hundred yards every game and, and goal line. Um, especially after Andrew Paul got hurt. I was like, okay, it's gotta be Milton running the football Macintosh kind of doing the James cook thing. And man, they've just been splitting it all up all over the place. And it, it hurts a little bit. Yeah, and the and the scary part is it's not like Kenny McIntosh has been great. Like it's not like Dejon Edwards has been great. Um, so it's not like like they're forcing him to like see the workload. It's just he hasn't been very good. Like I thought it was crazy. They were they were icing the game, uh, trying to get a first down by very obviously running the ball this past week against Missouri up a score late in the fourth quarter. They Dejon Edwards out there not not Kendall Milton. Like that's the type of, if you're a downhill, like big bulky running back, like that's literally like the perfect situation for him to shine. And they're going to someone else. Like, uh, frankly, at this point, like, I think, 
I think third round is like a bull case. Like I don't even. I think I, I think he would be a day three guy at this point. Um, so maybe it turns around later this year, but I don't know. He hasn't really indicated much to show that it would. So would you sell him then if you have him? If you if you're if you're not going to get kind of the old ceiling price, but you still have a shot for people to think, hey, this is still a day two back. He's still a Devi name. Um, I mean, would you sell him? Let me, let me like twenty twenty three draft wise. Would you sell him for Zach Charbonnet? Yeah, I would. Um, for and I even think like you could sell him for. Um, I guess those guys probably Debbie owned, but I feel like you could sell him for even Kenny McIntosh, like plus, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. It's it's because Kenny McIntosh catches the ball, and like that'll be valued by NFL teams. Um, yeah, I feel like his name holds more value now than he probably should. And I guess he has that Georgia tag, right? That's the saving grace. He's a Georgia running back. They get drafted pretty well, even if they don't get massive workloads. But like, I just don't think he's like proven much on the field. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. You're convincing me, I think, a little bit. <laughs> to would you take Charbonnet over him? Yeah, like I think I would because I, I think I think Charbonnet probably is, has a similar built-in floor where he's going to be athletic enough to go late day two, uh, worst case early day three. And that's, you know, I mean, that's probably what we're looking at with Kendall Milton. So I'd rather take that sooner because uh, – I don't think Kendall Milton's getting it if he declares this year, right? And I yeah. don't think he will declare this year after this season. So yeah, and and it's not as if I know there are some big Charbonnet fans out there. Like I don't think I'm definitely not like a big Charbonnet fan. I know you're also not like one of those guys that's propped him up, but I would I like for me that's almost a no brainer. I don't know if I have any Kendall Milton shares, but I'm going to look after the show and see. <laughs> I and definitely see I don't. Do. <laughs> uh, let's move on to receiver, which I think is the biggest disappointment position of this season. So we're going to, we're going to go, going to go around the horn here twice and skip tight end uh, to honor Kane and his tight end <laughs> hatred. Um, so I don't know. Pick, pick the name out of the hat. Nelly. who's, who's a receiver that's disappointed you in Debbie this year. Yeah, so I would say my biggest disappointment has been Quentin Johnston. Um, as you said, there's plenty of names to pick from here, but I'll tell you why I went with him. Um, he has thrived in poor situations the past two years. That offense has been bad. Max Duggan hasn't been very good. Um, and despite that, he's put up great market share numbers. He put up some massive games. Like He put up like 150 yards and three touchdowns against Oklahoma last year. Like. He has shown his talent, and a new offensive system comes into town, uh, high-powered passing offense, and you're like, wheels up. Like, this is going to – all the stars are aligning here. We have a, a great talent in a better offense, and it could not have gone worse. Like, he, I think this past week was his best week. He had four catches for 40 yards, something like that. He's not getting very much work. I, he's seeing targets that aren't successful. Um, 
but still not as many as you would like. He's just he's another random piece of their offense rather than being an alpha, which you'd like to see from a guy who was uh, in, like being talked about as the third, fourth best wide receiver in the class with the ceiling to move up. Yeah, and Quentin Johnston, I, like you said, I don't think anyone expected TCU to be great, and I, I didn't expect their offense to be even as explosive as it has been. So I think that's also the problem is it's working, and he's not the focal point. I mean, one thing if the TCU offense was struggling, Quentin Johnston was also struggling. But, uh, I mean, he's he's the fifth leading receiver in terms of yardage on the team, and he's only two yards above uh, true freshman Jordan Hudson. So it's, it's not it's not great. Uh, I, I was a huge fan, have been since he was in high school. Um, like that, this guy is legitimate. But I think I think it's a big worry because I think there's a lot there's a lot of paths that can happen from here with Quentin Johnston. I think he could declare and still be a top 100 pick. I think he, I think Quentin Johnston could declare and be a six round pick. I think Quentin Johnston could go back to school and this gets rectified next year and he's really good and a top receiver in next year's class. I think he could go back to school and is awful again and doesn't have an NFL future. I think he could transfer and uh, that ends up really well for him and he's an alpha and is great. I think he could transfer and disappear. Like I think all of those are firm possibilities for Quentin Johnston moving forward and I think if there's one player I wish I could like just know what's in his head right now, like what he's thinking. I think Quentin Johnston's it. Like what what are you gonna do? Um, is this you know a big deal? Uh, so I, I I honestly to me I'm still buying. I still believe the height, weight, speed. Hopefully, still gives him a floor in the NFL draft and in the NFL, and even if he goes back to school that there's a possibility to get this right. Like he, my hope is he makes the right decision for what clearly is believed to be an NFL future. It's burned me before, but I think I'm going to put my trust in him to know what he needs to do, I guess, ultimately. Yeah, that's it's, there's just so much more unknown that's come into the equation now. Um, and that's just, as you said, the fact that the offense is doing well and it has not paid off for him is like, that's the, for me, that's the scariest part, but uh, I do, it's been four games, right? Like this is still a relatively small sample and he's the type of guy in the past who has had a few blow up games that have completely altered his end of season stats because he's, he's the type of athlete and the type of receiver that can put up massive numbers in, in a couple games. So my my wide receiver disappointment, I'm going to go near the top here as well. I'm going to go with Keyshawn Boutte, the wide receiver from LSU, as my disappointment this year. And once again, like I think there's a lot of factors that are at play as to why he's having a disappointing season. Like, I think we looked at last year, he got hurt, but he was playing well in the first six games or so before that year. We know what happened in 2020 as a true for each freshman at LSU, you know, Butte had um, just a killer last three games, put up over 300 yards against Mississippi and look, look like he is the next big LSU receiver. Now he's coming this season. 
first game against Florida State national TV was was a disaster. Missed an easy touchdown catch um, and has basically been dogging it. I mean, I think even the Auburn game this past week, uh, watching that, I felt like he's he he, he doesn't care. And I, I'm just like, why are you even still there? <laughs> like, just get get out if that's the case, or end it. I'm going to the NFL, um, just so uh, you know. J- just th- that's kind of my thinking. Um, once again, I think he's a talented player, and I think there's a, a number of possibilities here. I don't think it's a possibility that he's playing at LSU next year. I, I mean, like. Jane Daniels, a quarterback, has been off pretty awful throwing the football uh, for them. And I think it's a big part of it. If they had a passing quarterback, that any semblance of a passing quarterback, I do think Gishon Boutte would have better numbers, would be more involved, and probably feel better about it. Um, I don't think he sticks around there. If anything, he goes to the NFL, most likely scenario still, or you know, transfers elsewhere. Um, so I, I still believe in the talent. Like, I saw the talent early – I don't think a talent's gone away. I don't think he's playing poorly from a perspective of talent, of talent, right? Like, you know, Quentin Johnston isn't getting open. You know, it's not Quentin Johnston, but like Keisha Boutte, I think has shown that he can when he's trying um, and they just can't get him the football. So I, I think once again, I, I'm buying, I've tried to buy, uh, in a couple leagues, made offers, haven't gotten accepted. I think a lot of people are sitting on him. But uh, I still have faith. Maybe it's misplaced. Maybe there's – maybe this, like, lack of effort should be more of a concern for me. But uh, I feel like things will work itself out eventually. Yeah, I mean, he was – him and Johnson are the two big names. Um, I guess the difference is we just talked about it. Quentin Johnson's offense is thriving, and he's doing nothing. Um, like the passing offense, the LSU passing offense is non-existent. I mean, everyone is disappointed. Malik Neighbors hasn't done as well as expected. Um, Brian Thomas has done nearly nothing. Gerard Jennings is like the only guy there, or Jenkins. I'm, I'm not sure which one it is, but he's like, for some reason, is Jane Daniels' favorite target. And the point being, like, clearly there's a situational issue where. Um, the passing offense is just it's it's not good and and that at least is playing a part in it but I mean also great amazing like league winning players they perform despite poor situations so you would expect a little bit more from Boutte and so I I think the interesting question is how much this is going to affect his draft stock because that's what ultimately matters right like has he done enough in years one and two to make teams not care about a lackluster year three year one. He ended it so strong year two. He started it so strong. I just, he hasn't put together a full year and that is just ever so slightly worrying. Um, the fact that we've seen, we've seen the talent, but it hasn't ever been fully consistent. Yeah. It, it's a major concern and it could hurt us. Like if he can't talk his way out of this, then I, I think it could really hurt, you, you know, because NFL teams are going to ask him what's up. And if you have a good explanation, right, here's what happened here, you know, here's the problem. Uh, if, if he has professional answers that address the issue, then I think some teams will still buy in. And, and I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if that's the case. So like, like I said, I'm still trying to buy him because I still got talent is there. Even if he goes round four, 
or something um, and, and is able to turn it on. But it's scary. It's very scary. So uh, what, give, give us another receiver for you, Nelly. Who's, who's someone else at this point of year this year? Yeah, so going down the list, I would say for for me by far the next biggest disappointment has been Jermaine Burton at Alabama. Um, kind of similar to Johnston, the stars seem to align for him, right? He spent two years at Georgia. Um, he flashed a ton of talent. He was a, he was a high four star recruit, and Georgia was just kind of low passing volume, spread the ball around, and he got hurt his his sophomore year. Um, but he came in and. We're like, well, this is a talented guy coming into a, an offense that needs weapons. Jamison Williams did the exact same thing the year before, and it proved to work like literally as perfect as possible. And so the stars aligned, and he's done like next to nothing this year. He had one good, not even good, solid game against Vanderbilt. He put up 94 yards. Other than that, he's he's like catching one, two passes a game. And it's not as if the other talent around him has has stepped up and surpassed him. It's just like he just hasn't been as good as he's needed to be to be uh, a good weapon. Like all the other weapons I've disappointed too, and and um, he just hasn't been able to step up. So, I mean, for me, compared to the first two guys we talked about, I, I'm most worried about Burton. He just wasn't quite as high profile. But, I mean, there were talks of him in that second tier uh, before the season if if, um, if he hit one of his, his ceiling outcomes. And, like, I he's not he's not falling off the draft radar, right? But, like, if he declared this year, he's not a day two guy at this point. And I don't see that. I don't see that reverting. Yeah, I've just been dropping him down my draft board. I think he's down to 13th, which is probably still too high to have him for the production. It's like you said, I, I think he's another player who like a lot, you know, Burton probably needs to go back to school and maybe he goes back, maybe Burton goes back to school and is the number one and smashes, but you're still going to be competing with Ja'Cory Brooks, who looks good and Trisha Holden, who looks good. And Jojo Earl will be back like, and you have Jalen Milrow, who's going to run a lot more than Bryce Young, as we saw this past week against Arkansas um, rightfully so, with his four-two speed at like two hundred thirty pounds or whatever. Um, so, is that production ever going to get here? I, I just don't. I don't see it. I, I don't know if Burton's ever going to be the asset that we thought. And you know, everything up front, like this show, I think all three of us were pretty. You know, hey, get this guy because that's the position you want to be in. And sometimes you get burned. Um, you could talk about that from an analytic perspective, right? But I mean, if you just bet on the number one Alabama receiver every year you've, you've made out really well and yeah, this is the year that you didn't. So that I think that's what happens. And next year, my guess is Ja'Cory Brooks. And my guess, if you buy him, you probably will make out pretty well. So I think it's just how it goes. Sometimes uh, it's disappointing for Burton. There's still a chance he could bounce back, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking to, I don't even know if I can sell him. Like, I don't know if I'm looking to sell him because I think you got to hold and hope that something happens or he comes back and figures it out personally. So my, I'm, I'm going to go with kind of a personal one. Once again, someone that I, on the show before the season, like, Hey, draft this player Debbie wise. I did um, because before injury in 2021, he would have been a, a a top 100 pick. And that's Dante Dimas, the wide receiver from Maryland. 
And kind of like we talked about with Quentin Johnston, Maryland's offense is – their passing offense is zooming. Their whole offense is zooming pretty well. Um, and he is two, three, four, five, six, seventh on the team in yards receiving. And this is a guy who was – Demas was an absolute monster last year before he got injured, had three games over 100 yards, um, you know, was crushing teams – uh, was on path to crush Iowa before he got hurt and with a knee injury. Um, and luckily, a guy like Rakeem Jarrett has emerged. It, uh, the old Debbie asset as a true freshman has come out and maybe regained a potential top 100 pick status. But like Dante Demas is a player who's completely fallen off the radar, I think NFL draft radar, NFL radar, uh, because of the injury. He does not look the same. He's big. He was athletic. He's not anymore. Um, and so I guess it's that risk medically when you take a player that's had a major knee injury. So again, maybe he gets an NFL shot, day three pick. Someone rehabs him, gives him a year off, and um, he can get back to form, but that just seems doubtful. So a kind of a lower player that I know I pumped on the show a couple times and uh, def- definitely missed on that one. Yeah, that's a sad one because, like, he was a stud before the injury, and he's just clearly not the same. He's he's seventh on the team in receiving. He hasn't hit 100 yards on the year. It's just like it's some things are just – I guess it's a good lesson in Debbie. Like, you can't do anything about injuries. Like, you couldn't have seen that coming, and sometimes it, it truly will hurt a guy's stock. And I think sometimes you've seen those players that got injured and were doing well bounce back and everything's fine. And then sometimes it just doesn't happen. You know, he, he was not that he was a cheap asset. I took him in the last round of Debbie drafts. I'm not sad I took the chance. But yeah, like you said, I mean, injuries are going to happen and it's going to be a little rough. All right, let's uh, let me move to, to the history minute here real quick and then we'll do a buy, sell, and then stock. We'll get out of here. Uh, Kane will be back next week. Uh, and, you know, I, when, I, when I was doing the um, – when I was deciding who to pick, I was going through my rankings. If you want our Debbie rankings, mine, Nellie's, Kane's, uh, if you want a second podcast every week, and we have 50, almost 50 podcasts now in the bank uh, for you to listen to going back, uh, hit us up. Just tag us on Twitter. You can join the Secret Shopper program and – we'll get you in there and you can have those. So let us know and uh, we can, we can get you in. But my, um, my history minute this week, I'm teaching it tomorrow in modern American history. So I figured I'd prep it today is from, um, from the great depression. And so after world war one, like it was, it was a pretty common practice in the 20th century in America to guarantee bonuses to people that fought in wars like that was a way to kind of get people in to fight along with the draft. If you, if you fight, you'll get a bonus so many years down the line. And so um, this world war one, same thing happened. If you fight in the war, um, I think it was like 10, 10 years later, you'll get this bonus and the great depression hit. And so Congress like, we can't give out these bonuses. <laughs> like we don't have that money. The economy's not good. But the veterans needed it more than ever because a lot of them are unemployed. The Great Depression has hit them. And so they started what they called the Bonus Army. 
they're going to go to Washington, D.C., all these veterans, their wives, their kids, supporters, and protest in front of the White House, in front of Congress, and all this. So um, Herbert Hoover is the president at the time. He uh, probably wasn't good to call them communists when they were members of your own army that fought for you in World War One. but called them communists to protest and want this, this free money, quote-unquote, that they earned. Um, and so... He was, it was suggested to Hoover, like, let them protest, they'll disperse, it'll be fine, just ignore it. Hoover was so angry that he sent the, he sent the National Guard in to basically fight the bonus army, fight these veterans, he, and sent the army in to fight them. And um, the protests got the kind of rioting. Uh, one of the National Guardsmen pulled out a pistol and fired, killed two veterans, uh, and they threw tear gas and ended up, uh, it's believed that an 11-year-old baby died of a gas-related illness as well. And this was just months before the presidential election. Hoover, Hoover was up for re-election. Um, so when you, like, s- kill two veterans of the United States on your orders and, and a baby, um, it basically secured Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FDR, the election, which changed, changed American history, changed the Great Depression, World War II, four-term president, uh, so kind of wild. Some of those things can happen. Uh, but one of, the, one of maybe one of the worst political decisions in U.S. history. Yeah, that that certainly did not go to plan. <laughs> just just wild. So I could teach that tomorrow. It'll be a good time. Uh, now you want to give your buy sell on in stock? Yeah, so I teased this a little bit in our in our uh, second podcast in the Secret Shopper channel, as Shane mentioned. Um, I'm buying Kenny Pickett this week. Now, he just won the job from Mitch Trubisky. He came in, made game. We saw some good. We saw some bad. Um, I think he's earned the nickname Konami Kenny Pickett as he ran for two touchdowns. Um, but he also threw three picks, right? So you look at that stat line, you're like, ooh, I don't know about that. First two picks. Both hit off receivers' hands. Third pick was a Hail Mary, right? Other than that, every single pass was caught by a Steelers player. Uh, So from my perspective, especially, you have to take into consideration, I'm a pessimistic Steelers fan, so I don't see things in a positive light. I thought it was a a pretty positive debut for him. Um, And I think think, uh, box score watchers aren't going to see that. They're going to see the three picks. Um, So he's one of those guys, right, like, he's an unknown quarterback asset that provides ceiling. He showed that he is a smart runner. He's by no means a prolific runner, but he, two rushing touchdowns. One of them was a QB sneak, which every quarterback can do, but another one was a scramble. Um, so that provides a little upside too. I'd take him over any of the 2021 first round quarterbacks other than Trevor Lawrence at this point. Um, and I don't think the market reflects that. Um, so, so you would I, trade I, Justin Fields straight up for Kenny Pickett? Absolutely, yeah. Because uh, offensive coordinator stinks. I'll be the first one to tell you that. Uh, offensive line, but other than that, situationally has been okay. Like the offensive line has been better than expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and the weapons are good, right? Deontay's good. George Pickens is, is good. And they showed good chemistry there. Chase Claypool's not good, um, but Pat I mean, he's the third got, wide receiver. At least. Pat Fryermuth. Um, so I think he has the pieces around him that can help him succeed. Um, so I, I'd be buying him. 
Um, I'll go to my unknown next. My unknown is Kyler Murray. Um, and I am, a, I would say, a noted Kyler Murray fan. I, I considered him in the second tier of elite quarterbacks along with Lamar Jackson. And it, the start of the season has just been so bizarre. And he's an unknown because from my perspective, it hasn't been – the slow start hasn't been – like it hasn't really been Kyler's fault. Like he hasn't helped, but Cliff's, Cliff Kingsbury is just so incompetent. Like he keeps this five foot ten, five foot eleven freak athlete quarterback in the pocket behind his six foot five offensive lineman, just throwing like passes into the flat, playing for third down and short every single possession, like this bad college offense, and just it drives me insane. He doesn't get him on the edge. He has so few design carries every game, and it's been hurting his fantasy stock. If if it wasn't for Kyler going like superhero mode at the end of every every other game at this point i would say he would he would be like super down in the dumps but ultimately i think the talent's there it's just i'm worried because cliff got extended this preseason along with the gm um until 2027 so i don't know if they're going to make moves to move off of cliff and i don't think he realizes his ceiling without cliff um so that makes him that makes him unknown um I guess sell wise, um, I would be selling JK Dobbins right now. Uh, he just had a good first week back, right? Well, good because he scored two touchdowns, I guess second week back, first week back was a little bit quiet. Um, I just think ultimately the ceiling is limited because that offensive line, I think sneakily has been really, really bad the past couple of years. Like the running game has been absolutely awful. And while Dobbins is by far the most talented player, in the backfield over the past couple of years, um, like last year, it was the corpses of uh, Latavius Murray and Deon and uh, Devonte Freeman. Like they're not going to find success behind a lot of offensive lines, but um, a combination of that offensive line uh, still working his way back from the injury and the upside limitations because Lamar is always going to get his on the ground. I just think you might get a little bit of a sell window here after that strong first week. People might be excited. I just don't think he has the ceiling of of um, a running back that I would look for. Ouch. Like, I, I'm still a J.K. Dobbins fan. At least he's getting passes. But uh, we'll get to my That's sell, true. I guess. And uh, Yeah. Uh, my buy is Tyler Algier, running back for the Falcons. Cordell Patterson's going on IR four weeks. Ogier got, after Patterson went out, got the majority of the carries. Caleb Huntley, uh, who I have in a Debbie Best Ball League, uh, so scored me some points this week. But, you know, was backing him up. Obviously, he's not that talented. I think Ogier's going to get a couple weeks. He's going to get a couple weeks here to audition for that job. And honestly, I thought he had some juice watching him run so i mean if you have a late 2023 second you lost javante you're a contender hurting i think you could do a lot worse than ogier and you might end up having a dynasty asset uh with that so my sell is connected to your buy um i'm selling Najee harris the running back for the pittsburgh steelers zero targets for the first time in his career kenny pickett looks down the field i mean he he's what he did at pitt he wants to make the big play. It's old school Ben Roethlisberger, you know, wanting to get the ball down the field. You know, this isn't Mitch Trubisky and old Ben checking it down. And I'm sure there'll be some check downs um, that Matt Canada and Mike Tomlin will make him, you know, make him do to Najee. But um, 
the two you said two rushing touchdowns, two goal line touchdowns for Kenny Pickett, not Nasha Harris. He didn't get in the end zone. That now that's in the playbook. That wasn't in the playbook before. Um, it, it, I think it just hurts Najee. If you can get old prices, you can get two twenty three first, even late. Um, if you can get those old prices, man, I would sell now because I, I don't know if Najee Harris's fantasy value is ever this high again. Uh, to be honest with you, I think it's going to be tough. Am I unknown? Going back to Debbie is uh, Travis Die running back Southern Cal. I think one of your favorites, uh, maybe Nelly back. Back before, maybe I made that up. Uh, but you know, I don't know. Sure, he's look. He's looking good for USC. Um, is you know on on. I think moving up draft boards on the draft radar. I don't know if it's high enough for him maybe to get day two capital. But uh, I think he's been one of the more consistent players for USC. You know, transferring from Oregon. So someone someone to look out for. I think uh, moving forward, keep a pulse on if you're in a C two C league. He has some C two some college fantasy football value might actually have some NFL value that people don't see yet. That's, that's a buy opportunity usually for me of those kind of players. So um, I, I like it. I just don't know if it's going to, he's going to quite hit the heights that we want, but it could be a surprise running back emerging in the 23 NFL draft. So there you go. That's the show. We, we did it. And it's always harder to host than I think it is. Uh, every every time I do this, <laughs> I was like, "Can hey, come back?" And so you can do it. <laughs> I thought you did a great job hosting, Shane. Thank, thank you, thank you. I hope you did out there. Uh, as always, join the Discord. You can check out the Debbie Marketplace Twitter account and join the Discord. Um, let us know how you like the College Football Overdrive podcast and these podcasts. If you want to join the Secret Shoppers, uh, hit one of the three of us up on Twitter. We will get you the info. You can get in the Discord. You can get all those lovely second podcasts and rankings and Nelly's analytics database and all this stuff uh, as well. So till next time, have a great day. I don't know how to end this podcast. So I'm just going to end it. See ya. <laughs>